0: Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. And we seek blessings on the Prophet. May peace be upon him. Okay, everyone can hear me clearly, yeah? Just nod or something. Good, okay. Okay, so so last time we discussed uh, uh, a bit about Sirat al And there, one of the key points that we made was that this is one of the depictions of the straight path. And how you, how you perceive of Islam, meaning one of the depictions of Islam, how you perceive of Islam will inform how you practice your Islam. So if you perceive of your Islam as this big, heavy, clunky thing that has more effort than benefit, it will, in the long term especially, make it much harder for you to practice your Islam. And then uh, the goal is to see it as something beneficial. And the analogy I gave, which seems to work with ish people, is that if you think of Islam the way you think of physical fitness, that it's a certain amount of effort uh, with long-term benefit. Surat al Mustaqim. And another point about dua. So this surah itself, simple question. This is the word of Allah revealed to the Prophet, peace be upon him. But as you're reading this, who is speaking to whom? How would you answer that question? And either you can turn on the mic or just type it in. Looking at just the, the the translation or the text, who is speaking to whom? We are speaking to God. Exactly, we are the speakers here, and so this surah essentially is a prayer. Good, yeah, all of you, Mashallah, correct. It's a prayer to Allah. And so the first part of the prayer, we are speaking to Allah according to his attributes. And then in the second part of the prayer, we are making a request. We're saying, guide us. Good. And another point we emphasized from, from last time is the idea of we. That even when I am alone, I am praying this as part of a we. And and here, we made reference to the ummah itself that you are inseparable from the ummah. Now, of course, there are examples that uh, that counter this. If we open up Surat Al-Kahf, this is the 18th Surah of the Quran. Is my voice still fading or can you all hear me? Can you all hear me? Yes, better now, okay. Can you repeat the last point after making a request to guide us? Uh, uh, I think it was basically, uh, the request uh, that we're making everything as a we, as part of the, uh, the, the ummah. But the point is that <coughs> uh, uh, there are exceptions to, to everything. And, and so, for example, if we open up Surah 18, we're not going to go there. But the idea being that Surah 18, the Surah al Kahf, begins with the story of these young people who decided that to salvage their faith, they actually had to leave their community. And this is this famous story of these people, these young people who fell asleep in the cave and they were uh, asleep for uh, uh, centuries and then then they were awoken. But the point is that your default, this is the point I keep repeating about our relationships, uh, we have the defaults. My default looking at the future should be hope. My default looking at my response to the future should be fear that I will not be doing as well as I should. My default approach towards the day of judgment should be a balance of fear and hope. And then likewise, my default with the Ummah should be that I see myself as inseparable from the Ummah. That I am part of them and they are part of me. Uh, let's see, Dr. Waleed is saying straight path in life. How about we believe that after the reckoning and waiting, people will pass over the bridge known as the Sirat? Yes. This is also one of the common understandings of guide us on the straight path, that one of the elements of the day of judgment is that everyone has to walk across this bridge, the Sirat. And it's as thin as a hair, and it's as sharp as a knife. And it'll be dark. And the only thing that's giving you light will be the result of the wudu, this is all the Hadith literature, it's the, is the result of the wudu that you've done in this dunya. And there will be claws, it's very, very vivid. It'll, there'll be claws coming up from hell, trying to drag people down. Okay. And there'll be other people who'll be falling off of this bridge. And on the other side of the bridge is the fountain of the Prophet, peace be upon him. And so, another way that your akhirah will manifest is one way it'll manifest is through just straight judgment with Allah according to the choices you made in your life. Another way your akhirah will manifest in that same period is the exchange that we all have to do, paying everybody back for everything that we've done wrong or what people owe us. And another way, that, that the, the Akhirah will manifest is this bridge. And then you get to the other side and the Prophet peace Hannah, will be waiting with this fountain whose water is so pure, it looks like milk. And it's such a wide fountain, it seems to go on uh, forever. And then we'll be bathed in all of our impurities, especially in terms of our character will be washed away and then we'll be ready to enter one of the gates or more of the one of of paradise inshallah so yeah yeah professor Hul, uh, Hul, uh absolutely so then we also looked at Surah surah four surah Nisa as a depiction of what does it mean to be on the straight path and so what is the essence of the straight path it is obedience obedience to allah and obedience to the prophet peace be upon him and then we spoke about four people who, as a result, will be on the straight path as a result of obedience. Nabiin, Sidiqin, Shuhada, Salihin. Nabiin, will be the prophets. May peace be upon them. Uh, and then Shuhada, the martyrs. And what do we say is the essence, the mark of the martyrs? They live their their belief. You know, it's not just lip service. Uh, well, that's uh, that's the Shuhada, the Sidiqin, the first one. Uh, we said these are people who uh, who recognize truth when they see it. So one result we're saying of obedience of Allah and the Messenger is clarity of of uh, uh, of, of thought and and then embracing the truth when you see it. Nabiin uh Shuhada Salihin Salihin would be the fourth, and these are people who are uh, uh, of such upright character that they influence the people around them. And then we finish by saying one way to get on the, the straight path, one way is obviously obey a law a messenger. Another way is to put yourself in the company of those people who are, who are doing these things. You know, put yourself in the company of the people who are upright. This is something that for undergrads, I have to tell them all the time, that your, uh, uh, your circle of, of friends can either make you or they can ruin you. And likewise, you for them. And so, keep yourself in the company of people who are upright, who are diligent, etc. Of course, uh, it might be hard to see who recognizes truth for what it is. That's uh, that's something that's not easy to detect in, in in another person. But upright character is much more obvious, and it's much more obvious to see people who are, who are practicing the path. Okay. Having said all that, let's add another dimension to this. So now we are looking at Siratul Ladinah and so, the path of those whom, on whom you have given favors. Simple question. Can you think of anyone in all of creation who received no favors from Allah? Simple question. No, obviously, right? Everyone, by definition, has received favors from Allah. By virtue of the fact of consciousness, you have received favors from Allah. Aham, uh, uh, to your question, Iblis, we will get, be getting to him when we get to Ayah 30 through 39 of Al-Baqarah. Uh, he is someone who is the ultimate in rejecting the favors of Allah, right? Uh, but he's, given, he's been given numerous, numerous favors. And so if I'm already saying I have the favors from Allah, then what am I asking for here? How are we able to answer this question with limited knowledge? Okay, Malahad, do you need to get a degree in philosophy because that's where your mind is, mashallah. Okay, so if I have, uh, I hope you don't mind, that some people, they get roasted more than others. Okay, so if I've already received favors from Allah, then what am I asking for here? If we're literally saying, God is in the path of those whom you have favored. What I'm asking, unless people are typing answers, to be one of the four? Absolutely. Uh, I would like to be, or at least one in letter three. You know. Those that have been favored of all else is also, is also part of this. Let's take a step back. <clears throat> what's the difference between a favor and a wage? Or what's the difference between a favor and a salary? Uh, To be a human role model, to be like a human role model, to follow one. So which one is deserved? Which one is earned? The wage, right? The wage is earned. A favor is unearned. So if my life is already favored, uh, favors given without work, yeah, something in return. If my life is already full of favors and without compensation, yes, uh, then what am I actually asking? Guide me to see the favors in my life. That's what I'm actually asking. A favor is like a gift. Yes, excellent, uh, Musab. So when I'm saying guide me to the path of those whom you have favored, one simple way to define this is guide me to see the favors you've been putting in my life. So one of the points that Dr. Ghazi made in like the first or second class is, is it, is it rahma if, if you don't see it? And what we're saying here is now, what is part of the essence of this, of this prayer? Guide me to see it. If I see my life as favors, how do I respond? What would be my innate response? Gratitude. This prayer is essentially a prayer for thankfulness and gratitude. That's what we're praying for here. So we respond with Alhamdulillah. So that's literally, like we said, one of the essences of all of Islam is gratitude. Good. Okay. And so I'm saying, guide me to the path of your favors, the favors that you have let me, make me see the favors you've bestowed upon me. And so again, hopefully, uh, I'm sure all of you are doing that, that assignment, the 60 second assignment every single day. All of you are masters at it, Mashallah, keep working at it. And, and so that's in a core of what we're asking. We're asking to become grateful, and then what does Allah tell us say? If you are grateful, I will give you more. Okay. And one way to understand that is that okay, you know, Allah us, I just got my thousand, my twelve hundred dollar check. I'm so grateful, and then Allah will give me more. Or and or, I'm going to see even more of what I've already been given. I just didn't notice it. So what else am I saying? A lot of what we're talking about is your subjective experience with the world, as opposed to your objective experience with the world. Your objective experience with Allah is to say these are his attributes, 99 attributes, Allah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, al-Malik al-Qudus, <laughs> as-salam, al-Mu'min, al-Mu'ayy, and so forth, and so on. Subjective is who is Allah to me? He is pouring all this mercy upon me. He's master of me. And then each one of those has a response that I give. If he is pouring mercy upon me, then I respond with gratitude. If he is master, then I am his servant. Okay. And so likewise, in terms of the favors of my life, I might objectively think, okay, man, my life is so difficult, but that person's life is so easy. Okay, that's the path of ingratitude. The more grateful, uh, the more I see the favors of my life, the more the natural response will be gratitude. And so what else are we saying? This is a point that I made early on. Most, of, or much of the Quran is focused on your thinking. Okay. Just like we said, there's 6,000 some ayahs in the Quran. Good. Uh, of which, give or take 200 to 500, usual numbers 250 to, 250, uh, 250 to 350 are actually legal verses, meaning verses that say do this or don't do this. So out of 6,000 ayahs, let's even say it's 500 are prescribing behavior that's still less than 10 percent. Most of the Quran is focused on my thinking. Reforming my thinking, which then will reform my behavior. Okay. Reforming my thinking, which will reform my tongue, inshallah, which will especially inform my behavior so for example there's a there's a famous narration where a companion comes to the prophet may peace be upon him and i'm going to paraphrase it and he's going to and he's saying essentially okay let's cut to the chase tell me what i need to know that'll get me into paradise paradise that'll make me avoid hell uh, umar al-khadra say al-fatih is of mostly about thinking i'm saying the quran the whole quran is mostly about your thinking and so he's saying to the prophet tell me Peace be upon him. Tell me something that will get me to paradise. Let's just cut to the chase, and, and I won't have to avoid hell. Tell me what do I need to do. And the prophet says, peace be upon him. You've asked a profound question, because you're basically asking, what does it all come down to? First answer he gives is, worship Allah, do not make any partners to him. Got it. Second answer he gives is the five pillars. Got it. Next answer he gives is, give charity. Okay, got it. Next answer he gives is, do the Hajjah. Break your sleep in the middle of the night and wake up for prayer. And then the prophet says, shall I tell you the key of all of this? And then he grabs his tongue. That this is what makes you or breaks you. And think about the formula. Let me see if I can draw this uh, effectively here once again. Oh, I should also mention in my meetings for the last 24 hours, especially today, my, my Zoom has been crashing more than ever, so... Oh no, did it just crash right now? Okay, am I back? Okay, can you see me? The funny part about this is that literally I was saying, just so you know, my Zoom has been crashing more than ever. And that's exactly when Zoom crashed. You know it is. It's the FBI. Okay, anyway, so so mentioned in my meeting last day. Okay. So let me see if I can get this to work. Whiteboard, share. Got it. OK, now we can do my extended drawing. Let's just make sure that works. All right, erase. OK. So we have, this is your heart. Yes, I know, believe it or not, I graduated from art school. That's definitely true, 100%. A lot of you actually graduated from art school. OK, this is your heart. Here, we have your irada, okay, which is your yearning. Whoops, whoops, hold on. Computer skills, irada. That okay, hearts even better. Now we've upgrade to a master's in art. MashaAllah. MashaAllah. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. This is actually supposed to be a straight line, but yeah, we're all crooked here. Okay. And then we have your niya, your intentions. And then we have your actions your amal, or your amal, and these affect your heart. Okay. I I like uh, Gabriel's expressions as he's looking at all this. He's like, huh, he looks like a meme. Okay. So what were we saying? In your heart, you would find your innate yearnings they will inform what your intentions are and what you want to do. Your intentions will then dictate what your actions are. And your actions, what you've done, will then go back and affect your heart. So if I want to do something wrong, and so I start making an intention to do something wrong, and then I do something wrong, then it will darken my heart. Now, if I intend to do something right and I do something right, it will then brighten my heart. Now, if I intend to do something wrong and I don't do it, all of us know this, then it's as though I've done good. So it's actually like this. Okay. Yes, so that's a big part of what we're talking about here. Okay, now the easiest thing for me to control, if I cannot control this, I really can't control anything, is my tongue. Heart. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's the point of the dotted line Just can so I- okay very important question so I'm saying that your actions good or bad are going to be affecting your heart Okay, your intentions if they're bad and you do a bad action will affect your heart but if your intention is good and you do a good action that's also going to affect your heart so far so good but if your intention is is bad and you don't do the action your intention actually counts towards the good so make sense so i didn't know a better way to, to express it so it sort of affects your heart but uh sort of not what's the difference between your irada and your intention uh your irada is your actual yearning this is what you actually want in the in the deepest parts of your heart. Your intention is once you've making a step of planning. So usually we confuse it, uh, usually we confuse it the two. We think that all right, we what we often speak of as intention, like I want to feed all the people of the world. Good, okay. uh, that's uh, more of an irada than an intention. Unless I've now taken a step to figure out how to do it. Like okay, uh, what if we you know get together you know, uh, all the people and then pull resources. Now I'm turning it into an intention because, uh, uh, an intention, it does involve some amount of planning, some amount of development or preparation. Make sense. Can we know our other influence and and influence like that, like through actions? Uh, Yes, we can. Think back a moment. This is a a really good question. Think back to the the other day when we were talking about uh, the prayer of your heart and the prayer of your tongue. And a way for me to figure out what my heart is seeking is to ask myself, why do I want this? So why do I want to get work on time? Because I don't want to get in trouble. Why do I not want to get in trouble? Because I don't want to lose my job. Why do I not want to lose my job? Because I don't want to lose my income. Why don't I want to lose my income? Because I don't want my, my whole life to fall apart. Okay. And so likewise, whatever it is you're seeking. So with my, my undergrads, okay, they're praying, Ya Allah, please give me an A on this assignment. Okay. And, and so why do they want an A? So they can get into med school. Okay. Or why do they want an A? Because they know the parents are going to get upset with them. Yeah. As, in, as in your Prada, oh, your irada, irada, yeah, started, yeah. yeah it can be uh, good, but results in wrong actions because of factors outside your control. Okay, good. So Shazi, your other question before that was, can your, uh, I'm gonna be in contradiction to your irada. Um, your action will be judged according to your intention. Good. Okay. Uh, but your action could be doing the the opposite of what you were actually hoping in terms of the result. So what then is the finishing point? How do we shape our thinking to have good, good actions to incorporate more gratitude? So one is to actually change your thinking. How do you, how do you change this? You have to change your thinking. And one is that's one of the points of of, uh, the exercise. And another big thing is to take control of your tongue. The Prophet peace upon him is actually saying, if you control, if you promise me what is between your 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 jaws and what is between your legs, I promise you paradise in this context. uh, we'll focus on 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 the tongue, meaning take very, very serious control of your tongue. If you can't control that, you can't control anything. It is easier to control your tongue than it is to control your eyes. You know, like you know what's fun if you're if you're at dinner, and if you want to see if someone wants to eat more food, just look at if their eyes are looking at the food right? They may not even realize if their eyes are looking at the food, you know, and so, so going back to what we have in terms of the context of the Sura, guide me on the straight path, the path of those whom you have favored, guide me to see my life as favors, good, and then how do I become a person who does this more, but it's also taking control of myself, tongue tongue may control, but not thumb nowadays, just a saying no idea what you're just saying okay so now the uh if i'm responding with gratitude oh very good point yeah yeah so your thumb is your tongue because of texting very nice especially iphone because samsung people are obviously better okay mashallah so the second way we define the straight path is not of those on whom is anger okay. So guide us in the straight path of the path of those whom you have favor, not of those on whom is anger. First, if we take this on its own, we're not speaking about the source of the anger. Okay. So a lot of times the translations will say your anger, referring to Allah Ta'ala. That is not consistent with the surah, because the surah is about the mercy of Allah. And so out of adab, we don't mention Allah's anger here. Understand the point that the surah is about the mercy of God. It's a du'a for the mercy of God, but it is still pointing to be consistent uh, with with uh, the anger of Allah. But even going before that, <clears throat> what we have here is yes, referring to your own anger. What we have here is gratitude followed by ingratitude. Guide me the path of those whom you have favored, i.e. guide me to see my life as favored, which means that I respond with gratitude, not of those on whom is anger. Do not put me on the path of those on whom is anger, meaning do not put me on the path of those who have anger upon them, which is driven by what in the context of the Sura? Ingratitude. So what we're saying is one of the challenges is gratitude is anger now not all anger is ingratitude the prophet peace be upon him had as anger you know uh, i was having a discussion uh, earlier today in which if you go through all of the hadith literature you probably find half a dozen examples of the prophet peace be upon him being angry okay so the prophet had anger. Omar had anger. The part we usually focus on is the fact that he has anger, but he has anger over matters of deen. He doesn't seem to have uh, uh, anger when people are insulting him or something like that. Good. But what I'm suggesting for you to think about is think of ingratitude as a form of anger. Good. So think of ingratitude is related to jealousy. Because what is jealousy? And I'm using jealousy and envy as the same word here. Uh, jealousy or envy uh, in, is ingratitude, a means for us to receive anger. That's the point I'll be getting to in a moment Naomi. Okay, are we talking about Allah's anger on us? Right now I'm talking about only our own anger. So what is jealousy? Jealousy is saying, you know, I work so hard, I only get this much. Why does that person get what they get? Okay, or in any capacity why does that person get what they get i want to have what they have and one of the worst forms of those is hasad which we find at the end of the quran being discussed and what is hasad it's why do they get what they get i want them destroyed for it okay that's a very very deep jealousy but even you can think about how that is a form of anger Now, think about it. If you're grateful, that washes out the ingratitude. So meritocratic uh, claims can be problematic, right? Uh, Moment, once again, a profound question that is so profound, I don't understand what you're asking. So please, please explain further. Okay, so I heard there's a dua you can make when you feel someone has something, Allahumma, Zidbo, Yeah, that's good. You know, so Allah Ta'ala, increase and give blessings. Or if you praise something, just respond with Mashallah right? To to counter the possibility of jealousy. But think about what we're doing. If I have anger uh, that I'll get to in a moment, if I have jealousy, a way to cure that is gratitude. Why? Because if I have gratitude, I feel like I have so much. If I have ingratitude, I feel like I have so little. So if I give you the $1,200 check and you're grateful, for you, it'll feel like $10,000. If I give you the $1,200 check and you're ungrateful, it'll feel like $100. Okay. And this is something we see in the story of the children of Israel in the second surah, where they are given every luxury, okay. but they don't respond with gratitude. And so even they're given manna and salwa, and according to some narrations, it's actually literally prepared for them. And then they're complaining to the Prophet, peace be upon him, okay, we're getting bored with just one food. Give us, you know, uh, cucumbers and beans and onions and all that stuff. And so they're given two foods and they're only seeing that as one food. That's how ingratitude works. Yeah, yeah I'll try to catch up to all these questions in just a moment. So, by way of metaphor, Think of gratitude as synonymous with water. And think of anger as synonymous with fire. Okay. One of those will win in your heart. Either the gratitude, the water, will extinguish the fire of the anger. Or the fire of the anger will evaporate the gratitude. Okay. One of those two. I mean, naturally... You can have, you can have both and both at different times, but one will often be stronger than the other. Now, one of the the questions up there is that, is there righteous anger? Yes, of course there, there absolutely is. Righteous indignation, uh, a very, very important question. And that usually relates not to what is happening to me, but what is happening to other people. So it's as though what's happening to me, is me in the, in the journey of trying to develop further gratitude to Allah. But if I see wrong treatment to others, that is the way to develop righteous anger. A second, it would be the example of Omar, which is anger on matters of deen, when people are not taking deen seriously and it's creating a mess. But here you're not going to yell at someone you know you didn't do your prayer and so i mean no it's not gonna be like that necessarily right but what we're talking about uh in terms of 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 protecting and salvaging the community if you wish for something else that does that always qualify as ingratitude uh not necessarily Uh, but try to think of an example where it would uh let's see yes this question would be there would be effects of the evil eye nazar so so nazar is something that stems it's a real thing evil eye is something that stems from jealousy and again that's why anytime you're complimenting someone you should always respond but follow it up with mashallah if you're hearing a compliment follow it up with mashallah Allah." Okay. you know we have this idea in our community that you should not uh, compliment someone to their face did we discuss it in this class no i don't think we did uh, you should not compliment someone if it's what's the word uh if it's manipulative or you should not compliment someone if it's an exaggeration. But it's not wrong to compliment someone. But again, always, even if it's someone that you care about, uh, add mashallah to, to, to what are you doing? Literally you're saying this was God's will. And what else are you doing? You're, you're canceling out the possibility of the, 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 jealousy, to enter your heart or to further enter your heart. Would ingratitude lead to, uh, would ingratitude lead uh, relate to greed, potentially? I mean, greed has other factors. Greed also relates to just uh, feeling like money protects me. And and so uh, the two would be related, but I would say they're not the same thing. And now, you know, Zia, by the reason I don't compliment you in front of you, keep very nice, mashallah, be careful about the texting, very good. Okay. What if a person you who you are trying to be grateful for is the source of something that makes us ang- makes you angry? You just try to think more gratitude to add more uh, uh, to add more water to fire, or is there another way? So this is a very common issue with young people and their parents. Okay. very very common issue, and so uh, yeah, and so there are the challenge is to keep increasing gratitude. I mean, uh, you may need to uh, to add oceans of gratitude, even. If we were to look back at over the last two weeks, one of the most uh, all the most common issues that undergrads have been asking me about in that list is that all these undergrads can't can't live with their parents because their parents are perceived to be tyrannical and such. And part of the advice to give them is, all right, you have to make peace with it. You you can't get out. You have to increase and increase and increase gratitude. Uh, okay, so far so good. Let us go, continue along. Oh, actually, we're actually uh, let's just finish off the off. Okay, nor of those who are astray. So, how does this fit? These would be the people who are just completely lost. It's not a matter of gratitude or ingratitude. Now, there's a number of other ways that we identify these three paths. The path of God's favors, the path of uh, upon whom is anger. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't finish the anger point. So, one of the questions is, how does this relate to Allah's anger? If I am responding to Allah's mercy with anger, with rejection, with rebellion, what response should I be expecting from Allah? So here, this is uh, around ayah 85 of of the next word. It's either 94 or 85, it's 85, where Allah Ta'ala is cursing this population because they did this wrong, they disobeyed Allah, they rejected his favors, and thus they have earned wrath from Allah. And I have to make another point about uh, adab or manners here. So I mentioned out of manners, uh, we don't speak really much about the anger of Allah. Here, the anger is not listed as being associated with Allah, okay? When we speak of Allah, the default adab, the default manners is to only speak good things, to only associate good with Allah. So for example, is Allah the creator of all? Yes, which means by extension, does that mean he's the creator of the devil? Yes. Does that mean he's the creator of evil? Yes. Out of manners, we don't associate evil with Allah. So even uh, at the end of the Quran, it says, I seek refuge with Allah, you know, from uh, uh, the, the Lord of the daybreak. min From the evil or the wrong of what he has created. The subtle text there is you're associating the evil with his creation, okay. that's a matter of manners and speaking with Allah. Okay. Just like there's manners in speaking about our parents. If I give you the summary of my parents spent the whole day, uh, I'm going to only be talking about positive things, right? There's other things that I'm not going to talk about, like okay, yeah, such and such person went to the bathroom, took a shower, all that. No, out of manners, I would not be speaking about my parents that way. Okay. And so there's also built into the Quran. We're also being taught what are the manners through which to speak about all these things. Likewise, just about every supplication, every du'a you see in the Qur'an is going to begin or end, usually, with some sort of praise of God. That is an appropriate method of manners in speaking to God. You can still say to Allah, Ya Allah, please help me. But better than that is Ya Rahman, please help me. Now you have praised Him. And what is part of the manners, I'm also putting myself in in my proper place too. Okay. Now, another way, you know, finishing off the way this these three paths are compared. Uh, just out of manners, isn't that the actual case too? Uh, the, uh, the, uh, any, uh, Sadia, please expand your question. Uh, path of those whom you have favor, the path of those on whom is anger, and those who are astray. Uh, if you go back to the middle ayah, you alone we worship, you alone we ask for help. There are those people who say they worship Allah, but they turn their back on him. They don't ask for help. That'd be the equivalent of the second group here, those on whom is anger. Then there are those people who claim to worship Allah and they ask for help very devoutly, but they're actually not turning to Allah. Those would be the people who are astray. And then the people who are fulfilling both, those who worship Allah and those who turn to him for help, especially in guidance matters, those will be the people on God's favors. Okay. Make sense? Okay, so congratulations. We have finished Al-Fatiha. It took us a week, mashallah. And and so uh why should we not associate evil with Allah out of manners? Because Allah is the creator, but in terms of the proper way of approaching Allah, the proper respect, is that that's assumed, but it doesn't need to be mentioned. Okay. if we're speaking from a philosophical perspective trying to make sense of how the universe works yeah you're going to talk about good and evil um, as coming from Allah but in terms of how we speak of Allah how we think of Allah try to focus on the positive the generous okay. why is the last word of the surah so long here that's actually a good question to ask when we get into Alif Lameen so, so Abdullah save your question for tomorrow Okay, uh, any other final questions? So ingratitude brings Allah's anger on us. Ingratid, ingratitude leads to rejection of what Allah's giving us, which the natural consequence would be Allah's anger. Yeah? Any other questions? Okay, so other question for me, can you post a link to the previous classes? Uh, give me one second here. Uh, once again, uh, it seems as though these links work for some people, and they don't work for some people, but give me just a second here. Um, so, I don't know if you can see me right now. I can't at this moment see you because I'm pulling this up. I posted it. Oh, you did? Okay, very good. Did you also post uh, Lesson 5? No, just for, just for yeah. yes. Okay, very good all right uh, Rumsha, can you share those no sorry yeah, this is all of them Inshallah. Uh, class tomorrow is my next question and yes uh, those of you who are asking can i ask you further questions offline absolutely um who wants to do class tomorrow raise your hand i'm sure you're all super busy staying at home yes 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 okay okay we will have class tomorrow then inshallah we will continue essentially uh we'll keep uh <laughs> no plans tomorrow. Go. uh we'll we'll keep going inshallah until you all are completely sick of me. All right. Subhanaq Allah <laughs> bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta Nastaqhiqa wana two be like subhanakallah, glory to you, oh Allah. Uh uh subhanakulla bihamdika, praise and gratitude to you. Nashadullah ilaha illa anta. We bear witness there is no God but you we seek your forgiveness when it's to like, and we turn to you. Allahumma bihamdika, nashhidu illa ilaha illa anta. Nasta'firika, wa nashidu ila ila like. May Allah Ta'ala reward you all, and uh, may Allah Ta'ala keep everyone uh, within our lives and around us and safe. Wa akhidha'wana, alhamdulillah. rabbil alameen. And now I have lost the button to knock everyone out. Oh, there it is. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Okay.